Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, I tell the story of Delisa Kelly from Dallas, Texas, who was 24 years old and two months pregnant when she was brutally murdered. On March 7th, 2014, Delisa left her home to attend a friend's funeral. Hours later, her sister gets a pocket dial from Delisa's phone. In the background, her sister can hear her screaming for help. When the call disconnects, it's the last time that anyone would ever hear Delisa's voice again. Seven days later, her badly beaten body was found on the porch of an abandoned home. The case turned cold quickly, and nine years later, the person responsible for her murder has never been found. Who killed Delisa? And why? This is Delisa's story. The unsolved murder of Delisa Kelly is a heart-wrenching story. It's a tale of a tragedy that will not only make you sad, but also angry. The fact that both Delisa and her family were failed in many ways by the very people who were supposed to protect them is hard to comprehend. The pain and anguish that Delisa's loved ones must have felt when they learned of her brutal murder is unimaginable. And then the knowledge that the police could have done more to prevent it, I'm sure is a source of deep frustration and anger. But despite the passing of nine long years since Delisa's brutal murder, the case remains unsolved. And it serves as a stark reminder of the importance of prioritizing victims and their families. This tragic event underscores the critical need for all police departments to treat each case with the utmost seriousness and to take every measure necessary to ensure that justice is served. Early that year, Delisa received the news that she was pregnant with her second child, and her family says that she was thrilled at the prospect of expanding her family. Now, little information is available about Delisa's life during this time. 
But in the early days of March 2014, she found herself on the cusp of a new exciting chapter in her life, eagerly anticipating the arrival of a new little bundle of joy. However, tragedy struck just as she was preparing for this exciting new chapter. Reports indicate that Delisa's best friend had passed away in a car accident. And although the details about the circumstances of the accident remain unclear, for Delisa, the sudden and unexpected loss of a close friend must have been a devastating blow, particularly given the fragile state that often comes with early pregnancy. I mean, the profound grief and sadness that she must have felt in the wake of this tragedy are difficult to imagine. And it must have cast a shadow over what would have been a joyful time in her life. So in the early hours of Friday, March 7th, 2014, Elisa awoke with what I'm sure was a heavy heart as she prepared to attend the wake of her best friend. Now, despite not having a car at the time, she was determined to honor her friend's memory by paying her respects at the wake, and so she planned to catch the bus to the event. Later that day, at around 4 p.m., Delisa left her home to make her way to the wake. Her behavior and demeanor appeared perfectly normal according to her family members. However, this would be the last time that anyone ever saw her alive. Now, the details of what happened in the hours after she left remain shrouded in mystery. But we do know that Delisa never made it to the wake. Two hours and 45 minutes after she left her home, her sister received a phone call that would change the course of their lives forever. The day that began with Delisa's preparations to honor her deceased friend at a wake took a devastating turn at around 6.45 p.m. when her sister Jasmine's phone rang. Now, Jasmine's initial confusion at the call being a pocket dial was quickly replaced by sheer horror as she heard her sister's voice screaming in terror in the background. The sounds were chilling, and Jasmine could clearly make out Delisa's frantic cries. She was saying, stop it, get off me. But her pleas were falling on deaf ears, as a man's voice could also be heard on the call, telling Delisa to shut up and threatening her with even more violence if she didn't comply. He could be heard saying, quote, you want to be hard-headed, according to the reports. And the call lasted a little over a minute. This call would be the last time that anyone heard Delisa's voice. Now, after the chilling call from her phone, Jasmine frantically tried to reach her sister, but despite multiple attempts, Delisa did not answer any of the calls. At around 7 p.m., Jasmine received a text from Delisa's phone, which said, quote, call you in a minute. But she was concerned about her sister's safety, and so Jasmine replied asking if Delisa was okay and if someone was hurting her. The response was alarming and suggested that someone had been accusing Delisa of something. However, the message did not reveal the identity of the person. All she said was, quote, he thinks I was with someone else. And Delisa never returned Jasmine's call. After Jasmine's attempts to reach Delisa failed, 
She knew that something was seriously wrong and became increasingly more worried. And so she decided to call her grandmother and tell her what was going on and ask for help. Melisandre, Delisa's mother, was also alarmed when she received a call from her mother about the situation because she hadn't heard from Delisa either. And the news that she was receiving was concerning. Quote, she was like, I've been trying to contact Lisa. Have you talked to her? She told NBC5. I mean, it was obvious to everyone at that point that something was wrong, and Delisa's grandmother decided that it was time to contact the police. A little after 8.30 p.m. that night, Delisa's grandmother made this call to 911. What's going on, ma'am? You need police fire ambulance? I need to, I, I, need, I don't know. I need the police, I think. Tell me what's going on. My granddaughter left here at 6 o'clock. This happened, this evening. She was going to a wedding. My her sister got a call from her about 40 minutes after that. And she was screaming for her life. Somebody was beating her. And we don't know who has her. I So I don't know what to do. We can't get her on her cell phone. She's not responding to any messages. So I don't know what to do. Okay, so she's not responding to no messages at all, nothing like that? And I'm both going straight to voicemail. Okay, so did you want to report her? Please. The 911 call audio makes it evident that Delisa's grandmother was utterly devastated. The mere thought of a loved one missing is nerve-wracking enough. But the knowledge that they are in danger is simply something that most of us could never imagine. But the police did not feel the same sense of urgency that Delisa's family did. I mean, you would think hearing someone screaming for help who now can't be reached would be a priority for the police. I mean, it's not unreasonable to assume that a distress call in which someone is screaming for help and then cannot be reached would be of high importance to law enforcement. I mean, the urgency of such a situation cannot be overstated. And so people should expect that police would respond immediately. When someone is in potential distress and unable to communicate, the gravity of that situation becomes all the more pressing as time passes. And the inability to reach them only adds to that urgency. However, in Delisa's case, the opposite seems to have happened. Instead of recognizing the severity of the situation and taking action, the police apparently did not consider Delisa's disappearance to be a priority. After the dispatcher got off the phone with Delisa's grandmother, she called a police sergeant to ask whether or not a missing persons report should be filed. The dispatcher speaks to Sergeant Mansell and fills him in on the details provided to her by Delisa's grandmother. But little did Delisa's family know that while they were in a full-blown panic, a police sergeant was casually dismissing her case with little regard for her safety. They had no clue that the very person who was supposed to be protecting them and serving them was instead 
displaying an alarming lack of concern. As the hours ticked by, the family's desperation grew. But the contrast between their anguish and his dismissive attitude could not be starker. The full impact of the sergeant's actions would soon be felt as they shed light on a disturbing reality that was all too familiar for too many families. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With every year that passes, I learn a little bit more about myself and it's always a really interesting experience. I mean, getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I've said it before, I believe that therapy is a valuable tool and everybody should give it a try. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash girlgone today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash girl gone. On March 7th, 2014, 24-year-old Delisa Kelly left her home in Dallas to go to a friend's wake. Nearly three hours later, Delisa pocketed out her sister. And in the background of the call, she gave her heard screaming for help. After not being able to reach her, Delisa's family called 911. But when police were notified about what had been reported by Delisa's family, they didn't take the report seriously. And it would be 48 long hours before an investigation began. When Delisa's grandmother called the 911 dispatcher, she was understandably frantic and fearful for her granddaughter's safety. The dispatcher quickly contacted Sergeant Mansell of the Dallas Police Department to tell him about the situation and ask him whether or not a missing persons report should be filed. However, Sergeant Mansell didn't seem to share the family's sense of urgency. And despite being informed about Delisa's distressing call and the apparent danger she was in, he dismissed the possibility that she was truly missing. Let me call her back. I'll still send police for her so we can, you know, do a missing or something. Mm, or no? Not yet. I mean... Until we think it? She's not missing because she she lives with her, but she just... Well, she was supposed to come back, though. She when, told her she was going to How old is this girl? She's 24. Oh, no. Your granddaughter, but she never goes out missing. And then there's one more thing. Hmm. She's pregnant. The call ends with Sergeant Mansell offering to attempt to trace Delisa's phone. Now, the 911 dispatcher called Delisa's grandmother back and asked for Delisa's number and her cell phone carrier so 
that they could attempt to trace her location. Once she got the number, she called Sergeant Mansell back and gave it to him. And then he called the cell phone provider and requested a location for the phone. But the cell phone provider called him back and informed him that a location for the phone could not be found. After getting that information, Sergeant Manzel then faxes a form to the carrier to request that they continue to attempt to locate the phone. And in the meantime, Delisa's family had no choice but to wait. They knew that the call that they received that night was a clear sign that something terrible had happened to Delisa. They knew her, and they knew that she would never just disappear unless something was wrong. On March 8, 2014, the following day after Delisa's disappearance, her family was still in the dark with no update from police, and so Jasmine decided to take matters into her own hands and reached out to the police again. This time, an officer came to meet her in person, and she was able to file a want-to-locate report for Delisa. Now, a want-to-locate report is a document that you file with police to help them find a missing person. And this report typically includes the missing person's name, age, physical description, and the date of the disappearance, as well as any other information that might help the police in their search. Now, although some action had been taken towards addressing Delisa's case, it was only a small step that fell short of providing the necessary resources and attention. In fact, it took a full 24 hours before the case was even assigned to a detective. Now, the same night, March 8th, Delisa's boyfriend took matters into his own hands and called a detective in the missing persons unit, and he left his information for them to call him back. But it's not clear if he spoke to someone or what they said. But at that point, it had been over 24 hours since Delisa was last seen or heard from, and time was not on their side. On March 9th, two days after Delisa was last seen, the case was finally given to a detective. And later that afternoon, Delisa's family went to the police station to express their concerns about her disappearance. They spoke with the missing persons detective and explained that her disappearance was out of character and that her phone had been off for two days, which was not usual for her. The family also provided additional details about her routines and habits to try to assist the detectives in finding her. After meeting with Delisa's family, 48 hours after she was last seen, police sent out an endangered person bulletin to patrol cars. And they also contacted the phone carrier again to get a copy of her call logs so that they could determine who she last spoke to. The hope was that by examining the logs, that investigators might be able to piece together clues about her whereabouts or determine who she had spoken to before she went missing. Now, while these are all steps in the right direction, there was still so much work to be done to locate Delisa, and a lot of time had already been lost. Now, following their conversation with Lisa's family, the police turned their attention to her boyfriend as the next person to interview. Unfortunately, there's no public information available about him, and so his identity and potential involvement in this case remain unknown. However, after speaking with him, 
The police concluded that he had no useful information to offer and did not know where Delisa was. Now, in their continued effort to find Delisa, the police began calling around to local hospitals and morgues. They thought that maybe she could have been admitted to a medical facility or had an accident, but she wasn't found in any of the hospitals or the morgues. On March 10th, the police visited Delisa's neighborhood to investigate her disappearance. They conducted interviews with Delisa's grandmother and canvassed the area around her home, but their searches yielded no results. The investigators also reached out to the local transportation system to determine whether Delisa had ever boarded the bus that she was supposed to take to her friend's funeral. Unfortunately, it's unclear what information they were able to uncover. However, they were able to confirm that Delisa never made it to her friend's funeral, and that added another layer of concern to the already troubling situation. Now, the investigators continued to pursue leads and search for any clues that could shed light on Delisa's whereabouts, but they were finding nothing. Later that same day, police released a press release on social media asking for any information about Delisa's whereabouts. The following day, March 11th, her family held a press conference. They hoped that attention would help them find Delisa or at least get a lead that may point them in the right direction. Now, tips did begin to come in shortly after the press conference, and several of the tips that were received stated that people had seen Delisa days after she was last seen by her family. Now, investigators went to the area where people said they last saw Delisa, and they searched for her, but didn't find any sign of her. And several tips also came in suggesting that Delisa had been seen at a local stop-and-save convenience store between the hours of 5 o'clock and 6.30 p.m. on the day that she went missing. Now, in response, investigators went to the store to see if they could find any information. And they attempted to obtain security footage from the store in order to locate Delisa on camera. But unfortunately, their efforts were unsuccessful. Tragically, just two days later, on March 14, 2014, the search for Delisa came to a devastating end. At around 10 a.m., patrol officers discovered a body on the porch of an abandoned home located on the 1200 block of Presidio Avenue. After calling detectives, once they arrived, they identified the victim as Delisa Kelly. She had been beaten to death. Delisa had bruises and cuts all over her body. Her jaw and her hand had been crushed, and she had gashes in her face and her head. It was a savage, brutal beating of a woman who was two months pregnant, and she had tried to fight back. When Delisa was found, her case was no longer a missing persons investigation and was classified as a homicide, but the search for information and leads to identify the perpetrators was just beginning. Now, two weeks after Delisa's body was discovered, the Dallas Police Department announced that an internal investigation would be launched. 
Concerns were raised about how Sergeant Mansell had handled the initial 911 call and his actions on the night that Delisa disappeared. The Dallas PD committed to investigating the matter and holding Sergeant Mansell accountable. But despite this, Sergeant Mansell received only a one-day suspension and was allowed to continue his role as a police officer. Now, although investigators had collected some information about Delisa's case, leads and tips began to dry up quickly. But for Delisa's family, a lot of damage had been done, and they blamed the police for their lack of action when they first called 911. And in the months following the discovery of her body, they were also frustrated by the lack of progress and said the police were not doing everything they could to find Delisa's killer. For months, there was no information about her case. But eventually, NBC5 was able to obtain something that police either had not been able to find or had not revealed. And that was surveillance footage from the stop and save on the day that Delisa went missing. Now, on that footage that the news outlet received, you can see Delisa entering the store at around 6 p.m. on the 7th. A few minutes later, she can be seen leaving the store and getting into the passenger side of a blue Mercury Grand Marquis. 30 minutes later, her sister received that pocket dial. Now, the information was potentially a huge break in the case because up until then, no one knew where Delisa had gone when she left the house that day. This footage put her at the store with an unknown person two hours after she left. But police claimed that they had spoken to the driver of the Grand Marquis. However, they never revealed who that person was or what they said. And no suspect or person of interest was ever named. In the months following Delisa's murder, her family worked tirelessly to bring attention to her unsolved case. And they also sought accountability for what they saw as failures by the police department. Their efforts included advocating for police changes that could help prevent similar tragedies from happening in the future. And one such effort was their role in the creation of the Kelly Law in 2015, which required police officers to respond to incidents reported through 911. The law, which was signed by Governor Greg Abbott in 2009, was a significant victory for Delisa's family, who saw it as a way to honor her memory and to prevent other families from experiencing the same pain and frustration that they had endured. By advocating for this law, they hoped to turn their tragedy into something positive that could benefit others. But as of the recording of this episode, no one has been held accountable for Delisa's murder, and her case is now cold. Delisa Kelly was only 24 years old when she was brutally murdered, and her death was marked by a series of avoidable failures. While it's impossible to say for certain, there are lingering questions about whether a different response from the police that night could have made a difference. If only things had been handled differently, perhaps Delisa's life could have been saved. Maybe if the police had acted more quickly or 
maybe if they had taken the family's concerns more seriously from the beginning, they could have investigated this more thoroughly or followed up on more leads diligently. But more could have been done to ensure that justice was served and that the perpetrator of this heinous crime was brought to justice. But nine years after her murder, the person responsible still not been found. And the Lisa's family is left to grapple with the ongoing injustice. Lisa was two months pregnant at the time of her death. And so that means that two lives were tragically cut short. It's clear that both Lisa and her family deserve better. And her case should continue to be told until justice is served. Delisa Kelly was last seen in Dallas, Texas on March 7, 2014. Her body was found seven days later on the porch of an abandoned home in the 1200 block of Presidio Avenue. If you have any information about Delisa Kelly's murder, please contact the Dallas Police Department. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new story. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.